Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You think about the person in your life, when you started... Believe in you more than anyone. They're the ones that make the sacrifices. When I walk out, my old man's next to me. They're not just looking at you. They're looking at what made you. What I'm talking about our fucking game. I'm talking about us. Welcome listeners to The Extra Inch. My name's Wendy and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend Bardi. Hello Bardi. Hello Wendy. And our tactics guy and a man who is yet again begging his favourite club to sell (laughs) their greatest player of all time. It's Nathan A. Clark. Hello Nathan. That's me? (laughs) It definitely is you. Um, There's a few little bits of admin that I'm afraid at the top of this podcast. So just bear with me folks. Uh, Firstly, this is an excellent cause. Spurs season ticket holder Paddy Gagan is currently battling a brain tumour and all of his close friends and family are lovely and have arranged a charity football match on the 29th of July at one o'clock in the afternoon at the arena in Baldock to show support and raise awareness for a great cause. Uh, you can go along and support if you're local. They're also having a raffle, raffling off some some items, or you can support financially via justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash pad2023. Um, I hope the day goes fantastically for, for Paddy. Um, also, I've... Uh, I've gone through the backlog of emails in our inbox. It took me a long time. And uh, some of them went so far back that I'm like, I, I couldn't even face replying because they were about stuff from the back end of last season. It felt miserable. So rather than reply to them all individually, I want to thank some people. So I'm going to, because there's so many, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to do this in three batches. The first now and then the others later in the pod. So... Thank you to the following for emailing us, messaging us, however you got in touch. It's really appreciated. Your thoughts are, I have read them all, um, and there was some really good stuff there. So, Sivanth Sivakumar, Sam Starr, Paul Maslin, Jay Hawk, Fergus McKee, Jamie Goodson, Ivan Victor, Chris Green, Matt Cracknell, Owen Mullen, Ben Target, Johnny Wolchak, Russell Philpott, Matt Lindsay, Leonard Deseretz, Neil Rutherford, and Stephen Page. Thank you so much for your support and for getting in touch with us. It's really appreciated. Uh, how are you guys doing? Shame about the Leicester match. I was really, really looking forward to it. Um, it is crazy how much more I was looking forward to a preseason friendly than I'd look forward to competitive, important yeah. fixtures um, for that for for a long time. 
<laughs> for a long, long time, man. Yeah. It's a damn shame. Um, Bardi, I saw quite a bit of criticism online around uh, our planning for this. People saying, oh, you know, why have, why have you booked a pre-season friendly during monsoon season in Thailand? Do you think, do you think that's reasonable? I, had, I think so. I mean, I was disappointed. I'd been for my run. I'd made myself a kind of mini fry up and I was ready to to eat and watch the game because I'm currently flying solo because my wife is out of the country. So I, I can do that. I can watch football and eat breakfast at the same time. It's great. Um, so I was really disappointed that that was cancelled and then the cricket and everything else so yeah it was a, a wet and miserable weekend should Spurs have gone to Leicester to play Leicester hell no of course not but um, to Thailand to play Leicester so sorry that's it we shouldn't have gone to Leicester either it's crap but um, yeah we shouldn't have gone there in the same way that Man United shouldn't be playing Arsenal in, in America it's just um, all it's doing is just kind of opening the door for that 39th game or whatever they're going to call it at some point just, just softening this up for a Premier League game outside of the UK which is going to come eventually so no it's, it's a stupid reason and um, no, despite the weather and everything else it's just a real lack of games we're going to play what three games until the season starts and it's just another another way that this club is going to kind of hamstring uh, a manager and um, yeah that's that's what I'm seeing from this is the warning signs that we're just causing problems we're stacking up problems and creating issues for, for someone to solve and expecting them to solve it and it's all the same it's the same thing happening again but with a nicer spin put on it because Postacoglu is a nicer guy than, than Conte and Mourinho this this situation um, created a back and forth where it's like, oh, uh, Spurs shouldn't have booked a, a game in a, a country that has a monsoon season during their monsoon season. And then the retort is, well, you can't book it outside of that because that's during our regular season. So what, should they just never play in Thailand? To which the answer is like, well, kind of, yeah. And I, like, I understand that that's harsh. If you're a Spurs fan, you live in Thailand, you're finally going to see them and then you don't because um, because it rains. I get that that's, that's harsh, but it's also just like... That's kind of the limitations of a sports team, you know. I, I, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. I understand we're very lucky to live as close as we all live to to our sports team, but that's what things are. It's just I understand, obviously, that um, the sort of financial benefits of preseason. But then I do wonder sometimes, like, how much of a boon, how much, how many points would it be worth in a given season to do a preseason at home? where you don't have to worry about putting travel time into the players, where anyone uh, who arrives doesn't then have to travel to catch up with the team. There's more rest. There's there's less um, less complicated planning. Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I feel like there must be there must be at least a couple of points <laughs> again on average yeah, in doing course. that. You know, and how much more is that worth if you can finish? Obviously, we're going to talk probably later about the financial benefits of finishing top four um, on a particular topic. Um, I, it, it'd be nice to give it a try and see how it works for us at some point in the future. It's the time, it's the it's the money, and for for a club that prides itself on being, I don't know, carbon neutral, mm-hmm. it's you know they've flown to Australia and then they're flying to Thailand. That's a lot of flying. That's a lot of that's a lot of miles in, in a plane. Yeah, maybe maybe this year would have been the year to stay at home and play the Stevenages and Leighton Orients and kind of get the team working that way, perhaps. I definitely think there's a. There's a research project here, isn't there, around whether preseason tours, what, what the benefits are of the preseason tours to the football clubs. I mean, I do think there's something about the group being away together 
that probably helps. I'm just thinking about um, the the amount of time that frees up during the day for, for the players. You know, if you're at home, there's always going to be things to do. You might have a child to take care of. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's right that <laughs> their partners are left at home looking after the children. But it's a reality of, of being... <laughs> Uh, I was going to say on a holiday, I, I appreciate it's not a holiday because they're working, but it's a break from from their normal routine. Um, there's a bonding aspect, you know, traveling together, living together temporarily. I imagine there are benefits there, but like you say, yeah, lots of downsides. Man. When we when we see these um, international teams go away for World Cups and stuff, it's not like, it's essentially that. And I don't think it's ever kind of worked the kind of being away from their family and stuff. It's got to be got to be complicated for a couple of weeks. Mm. I just I can see the commercial value of it, but then I'm also thinking perhaps this year with such a big change of style and everything else, this would have been the year just to stay at home. You know? This this year's tour is massively overcomplicated. Do we really need to visit three different countries? Is that three matches? That's it. Three it's, games. It's crazy. It's crazy. So um, our first match of the season is twenty days away. That's less than three weeks. Um, I think we're going to have to get another match in the diary. I think we're going to have to because you know we're moving from one system to a completely different one. We need we need some sort of competitive match to to try things out. Uh, whether that is a behind closed doors friendly, which I suspect we might have done anyway, um, or whether we try and squeeze in one more actual proper fixture with a more kind of local team, Stevenage or I don't know, whoever it might be, Leighton Orient, Northern City, the teams we historically used to play in pre-season. Uh, maybe they'll try and do that. Maybe they'll try and make that happen. Um, this is massively inconvenient, isn't it, for Postacoglu's plans. It's not the best start. And the thing is, I think the reason that we were all looking forward to this match so much is because the West Ham game was really, really, really enjoyable. Um Great atmosphere on the Discord. <laughs> I was I was kind of watching the Discord to watch the game. I wasn't able to watch it myself, but I was mm. like dipping in every now and again and, and watching the messages pop up and seeing how everyone was just buzzing, especially in the second half. Um, Nathan, you did a video about the the West Ham match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I uh, I felt really good about the game, um, and I wanted to do a video on it. And then I did the video, and I I. I mentioned, you know, at the beginning and the end of the video how how happy the game made me feel. But I realized once I edited it that most of what I did was criticism. I criticized what Kane did. I criticized what players did in given situations. <laughs> That's true. And, and uh, like, I criticized, like, the use of Poro in the right-back position. And then I was like, oh, no, is this... Are people going to think I've been negative? And I put it out there. And people were like, yes, I'm so buzzing after watching this video. I'm like, okay, good, good. Good, that game's real. I was worried. <laughs> no, it was fun. I, I enjoyed the video a lot. I Actually, I, I thought Borrow was good. I, okay. I wasn't sure what your beef was with, with him in this game in particular. Also, people were really hard on Tanganga. I thought Tanganga had a good game. Sure. Thought he was, I thought he would have done himself absolutely no harm at all. I don't think he's going to stay long term. But um, I thought he played some ni- really nice passes through between the lines. thought he was playing some good vertical stuff. Uh, made a really crucial tackle as well. Um, Bardi, uh, your first look at Vicario in a Spurs shirt? I mean, I, 
as the kind of resident um, result merchant who only cares <laughs> yeah. about results, that was, I mean, I'm glad you had fun. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. It's like going out and getting drunk. You all had fun, but it's in absolute pieces the next day and you can't find your phone or your wallet. I'm, I'm glad you had some fun, but um, I don't want to be that open for the rest of the season. I don't want to be conceding three goals or four shots. <laughs> so um, let's let's have some fun in Australia and enjoy it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's let's put up a couple of little red flags and say, hang on a bit, Ange. Let's um, let's do some defending at corners, okay, mate? <laughs> I, I flagged that Vicario is a bad goalkeeper at set pieces. He's not going to rescue. He's not going to make us a better better goalkeeper from set pieces. So uh, let's let's do some training there. I mean, we're not we're not going to concede. We're not going to concede three goals in four shots, like game after game. We are we are going to get counted, and uh, unless we do put some time into defensive set pieces, um, that is all sort of vulnerability. I think um, uh, your analysis of Vicario definitely um, stood up against what we saw in that match. Like he he failed to come off of his of his line um, when he needed to um, and let a shot through. And let a shot through him. Uh, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna lean to remain optimistic about Vicario for now. For sure, um, made a very good save on stroke of half time. Yes, that's true. Good that save. was a really good save, wasn't it? Reactions are definitely strength for him, aren't they? Yeah, I yeah. I'm not saying he's we should put him in the bin. He's Massimo Taibbi's long lost son. But I, <laughs> there, there's work to be done there. There's there's work to be done across all of the defence. So yeah. whilst we all had fun and it was good, and I wish we had to seen the Leicester game to see if we'd learnt anything. Um, let's not be like that every game, Tottenham. We can tighten up a little bit. But it was good to get so many shots off. And um, I was happy to see Destiny score. I, re- I really, really like that boy. Had a strong showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a number of players I'm really was really impressed with in their game. Mm. Um, mm. Where do we go? So, um, Romero is pretty much what you expected. You were impressed by Tanganga. Um, and then centre-backs in the second half. <laughs> Davinson is always slightly better on the ball in pre-season for whatever reason, but like yeah. nothing changed there. And then Davies. Davies is an option as left centre-back in a back four, I, mm. I guess. Yeah, OK. Um, thought he played fine. Yeah, I thought he played fine too. And then I think both number sixes um, were... The two standouts. The and Hoiberg played really, really well, <laughs> um, which is interesting given that there is... Um, there's a market interest in Hoiberg. Uh Yeah. And then who have we got? We've got Madison and Skip in the first half. Um, both both good. Neither, neither great. Um, which is the reasons for that and why I thought um, Lo Celso was outstanding in, in the second half. And Saar um, had a good few involvements too. Is a lot down to the role that Kane and then Richarlison played. Um, go and watch that video. It's on Patreon, but it's free. Um, so yeah, Lo Celso looked outstanding. Uh, people quite enjoyed Solomon. People were really impressed with Solomon. Um, I he definitely had several bright moments, and his and he um, he profiled more as that out wide two way directional winger, which was my fear, which is my concern that he wasn't that, but I think he was. But um, in moments where he received passes to feet, when he received passes that came from behind him, um, I thought that he he like arrived to the ball with too much backwards momentum and held onto the ball and tried to dribble it backwards and that really slowed down our play quite a few times. So that's something he's going to have to try to work on. R- reminded me a lot of Son from last season. Yeah, yeah, I kind of get that. Yeah, yeah, holding onto the ball for too long. Um, yeah, but definitely a few bright moments. Um, Kulicevsky was Kulicevsky, maybe a little quieter than you'd like him to be. Kane, I, I went into on the video. 
Um, and then who were the wingers in the second half? So Perisic, D- divine, divine, divine. Okay, and so Perisic, <laughs> Perisic is really, really good. <laughs> he, well. he, it's, it's, he's a really good fit for that role because he's such, he's so two ways that that's like that's his whole thing. Um, and again, space created for him by Richarlison's movement really helped him in ways that didn't help Solomon, didn't help Madison, didn't help Skip, didn't help Kulusevski. Um, but I thought that, yeah, he was he was really strong there. Um, and again, it's a situation like Hojbjerg where he maybe wants to go, the club maybe wants to move him on, but he's a really good fit for the role. And then tell me about Divine. Yeah, I really liked Divine's performance. When I first saw him stuck out wide in the right, I thought, hmm, not really sure how this is going to pan out. He's right-footed primarily. He's going to want to... Uh, he's going to struggle with coming inside. He's going to want to be on the outside, but then I'm not sure that suits him, you know, having to be his man on the outside and get crosses in. Um, but he just worked well and linked well with the players around him, I felt. Um, he's a very intelligent player. He kind of understands the tempo of the game. He uses the ball well. I I, I, I was kind of comparing him to Saar a little okay. bit um, because I would see them as both players on the fringe of the Spurs, young players sure. on the fringe of the Spurs team. And what I saw from Saar, I, I don't dislike Saar, the record i think he's okay um but i think he had three shots in the first 15 minutes which were just like really wasteful low percentage shots they just twatted from range and and we essentially lost the ball he's a bit divine, shot happy. very Sorry, yeah he's a yeah bit shot happy. yeah and and divine in his use of the ball just really sensible creative but not like risky not trying low percentage stuff really um Really nice tempo and zip to his passes, whereas I think Saar underhit some of his passes um, over short range. Uh, yeah, I, I like Divine's performance a lot. I, I would definitely love to see Divine kept around this year and genuinely played as one of the eights, like given an opportunity to make himself one of the eights. Not every week, obviously. He's really young, but I think he's good enough to, to get some minutes for the first team. And then in, in January, let's see if he's getting minutes or not. If he's not, then load him out. That's my preference. Um, liked him. Really, really liked him. I thought Basuma and Hoybier were the standouts. I really enjoyed Lacelso, but I thought Basuma and Hoybier were the pick. Basuma is just playing with a lot of personality. You can see that with the training videos. He's such Man, a big character in the squad. How now. how fucking much does Basuma hate Antonio Conte? That he was like <laughs> just like a background person you could almost forget a mouse, a mouse last season, and now he's the main character of everyone else's lives <laughs> this season. Really fun, really um, uh, prominent. Yeah. And he played yeah. like that. You know, he was always there. He he rescued situations. He made driving runs forward. He made passes forward. He was, he was just brilliant to watch. Really silky, elegant player. And then Hoybier comes on. You think, you know, this is going to be a mess. How's he going to mm. live up to that? Basuma first half performance. He's going to get slated. Well, that's how I was thinking about him. And, and no, he's... He's pinging really nice passes out to Perisic, perfectly weighted, you know, flat, mm. hard passes out Top to the spin. wing to Perisic, which, yeah, which allowed him to just move on to the ball calmly. Just looked really, really confident and uh, and well-rested, yeah. which has been so critical for, for Pierre-Emile Hoybier. Um, but like you say, Nathan, I do think Hoybier is going to leave this summer. Um, I, I think the rumours now are are hotting up significantly. It appears as though he's Atletico's top target for central midfield. Supposedly they're close to a, agreeing personal terms with him, and uh, I reckon that move's going to happen. It coincides with seemingly Chelsea deciding that Collar Gallagher is not for them for the long term. So 
Hoibier out, Gallagher mm. in, to me, seems like a logical move. So, in training um, before the match that didn't happen, um, we saw a glimpse of Skip playing as the number six for one of the two training teams, um, which we're maybe going to get to see in the match, but didn't. Um, to me, he is really the only other person in the squad. I don't like Saar. I've got a few questions about Saar. I don't like Saar because of his um, discomfort receiving the ball on the turn. Um, I don't like Bentancourt because... Um, you lose yeah, pressing. You, That's his best yeah, feature. Yeah, his pressing, his advanced ball carrying, his arriving in the box. It, it stifles his game um, quite a lot. So I think Skip's really the, the backup six currently going into the season. Mm-hmm. And I have a small amount of concern for that. Um, yeah, we're going to lose Basuma for a... Uh, two or three games with AFCON in in the new year um, and obviously if he was to pick up another injury and he had a very big injury last season uh, we are reliant on Skip to play our starting number six so I've got a small amount of concern there especially a game with Hojbjerg playing so well so uh, uh, new contract for Hojbjerg Bardi? Um, no let's um, let's get money where we can get money because we can't seem to sell anybody to Saudi yeah. Arabia so let's <laughs> we can sell Hojbjerg to Atletico I wish him all the best he'll have a lovely time in Diego Simeone's midfield he'll be mm. perfect, perfect he won't get outnumbered in midfield well, how... with a seven defensive midfielders really. exactly how, how much do you think realistically we could ask for him oh he's, he's incredible isn't he he's one of the best midfielders we've <laughs> ever had 45 statistically show him show Simeone the stats 40 50 million easy but I'd, I'd take 25 I, I want to talk about I want to talk about Solomon because he's the hmm. kind of player that the first time you watch him you get quite excited by and I've got a funny feeling that at some point I'll start to get annoyed by him but <laughs> on, a, on a kind of first take first watch shifting the ball cutting inside on his right foot and smacking it towards the goal I, I liked it and I was quite excited about it by him quite excited by what I see from him in training as well he looks really nippy really controlled not in a kind of Lucas um, frenzy way but a bit more focused so yeah I kind of like Solomon right now it, it was a bit Lucas the training video they tweeted of him today where, where he, kind of, he, he runs through <laughs> like four players and then has a shot it comes back off a defender bounces off his shit and into the goal perfect will count um, yeah no I, I see what you're saying there Barney it's a bit like uh, Kulisevsky in the sense that you know exactly what he's going to do but it's just whether you can stop him and it seems like clubs do have a problem stopping him cutting inside onto his stronger right foot and getting those curling shots away to the far post um, and I was thinking in Solomon and Madison, we've added two players who really can strike a ball from range. We don't have too many of those in the squad, so I think that's helpful. Oh, yeah. I mean, other than Sun, Kane occasionally, but not really last season. We don't have many players that can just mm. whack one. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. So round two with the thank yous. Thank you so much to Greg Krieg, Joshua Almeida, Matthew Skelton, Mark Bird, Benjamin Wenton, Zach Houston, Michael Carroll, Daniel Wolf, Harry Tateson-Stokes, Gianni Nico Cinelli, Damian Muscovich, Tom H and Peter Boyce. We really appreciate you getting in touch. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, so at this point, I will say over to my sidekick and best friend, Bardi. I gave AG1 a try because I like to keep to a routine, especially when it comes to going to the loo. As someone who likes to run, I need to know when and where I'm going to go. But that's enough about me. I'm going to shake things up today, exactly how I shake my AG1s. A couple of weeks ago, we were chatting, weren't we, Windy? Yes, Bardi. Where's this going? Don't worry, my friend. This isn't a setup. I asked you away from any microphones how your <laughs> AG1 journey was. And what did you say? It's true. It's done amazing things to my gut. You did, my friend. You couldn't believe how a little scoop and shake sorted you out like a hard pre-season. I am very happy with the results. If you're happy, I'm happy. And I'm glad to see you've joined me in becoming a results-chasing <laughs> merchant. Scoop your AG1s, add your vitamin Ds, and shake to wake the results, which is all that matters. It's only about the results. <laughs> AG1 is raising the standards of quality in the supplement category and helps you build your health foundation first. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash extra inch. That's drinkag1.com forward slash extra inch. Check it out. So we've talked about Hoybier potentially going to Atletico. There are a few more bits of transfer news going on. Um, it appears as though the centre-back situation is finally coming to a head. I didn't think that we'd be going on at all without having signed a centre-back, to be honest. I thought we'd have one over the line. But um, today, the reporting is that we're back in for Tosin, Fulham. James says, how do you feel about Tosin now? Back when we were linked heavily with Anderson... I can't remember who on the pod commented, but it was said that his defensive struggles came came from his shit partner or something similar, of which at the time was Tosin. Uh, so how are you guys feeling about Tosin? I uh, I did a video on, on Joachim Anderson and I, I speculated that arguably there was a case to be made that his troubles were coming from his shit teammate, Tosin Adebaro. So um, I definitely wasn't impressed with Tosin with what I saw of him um, when he was playing in those Anderson clips, but I haven't been away and watched him anymore. I understand that he's very highly rated. So there's a lot of, there's quite a bit of excitement about him, that there's interest in him from other clubs. I can't verify that myself. I haven't gone and looked more. I will do if links persist or especially if we sign him. However, um, Last season, Fulham conceded uh, 53 goals, not bad, from 72 expected goals, which is the worst in the Premier League. So hmm. definitely some defensive errors. Um, I think there's a bit more nuance to their to their numbers there. Um, I think I think my mate John did a video looking at, at Fulham's defensive numbers and how a lot of that came in big games. Um, and so more heavily weighed that way. I'm gonna. I'm probably the way this conversation is going. Going to dunk on my friend John very hard. To definitely, definitely go and watch um, his Fulham video, which is excellent for a better understanding of that. But 
<clears throat> nonetheless, uh, Fulham's an outfit a uh, bit defensively porous last season, perhaps with with Tosin and mm. Joachim Anderson. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I watched Tosin a lot when he was younger for the various England age groups, um, and a couple of times for Man City's youth teams or whatever. And I always thought there was a huge amount of potential there. He's now in his mid-twenties. He turns 26 in September. And it's fair to say he hasn't lived up to that potential just yet. Uh, He has played a significant number of games for Fulham in the Championship and in the Premier League. Uh, But when I watched him when he was younger, I was expecting him to be playing, you know, at a much higher level for much longer uh, than he has at this point. I really like his ability on the ball. I think he... He's really good at, at popping passes into midfield. He's really controlled in possession. He kind of, you feel very safe. He's kind of like the anti-Davinson Sanchez. <laughs> when he has the ball at his feet, you feel pretty calm and uh, assured that he's going to do something sensible with it. Uh, definitely some defensive errors in him, for sure. I think um, we're going to have a lot of the ball this season. We're going to have, on average let's say 65% okay. possession this coming season. <laughs> so I think you can Clipping get that. away with a player who is a little less steady defensively if they're really good in the ball. Also, he defends with a lot of poise. I think he's more cat than dog. Mm. And when you've got someone as doggy as Romero, I think that is a helpful sure. thing. We've got the doggiest dog. We've got like a fucking German shepherd playing as our right-sided centre-back. So we need we need someone who's a bit calmer, with a bit more poise uh, on the left of him. And I, I think Tosin is a pretty good um, option. That said, absolutely in favour of, of signing either Tapsoba or Van der Ven um, as a first choice and Tosin being like the, the backup cover for either Romero or that first what choice. What do you make of option? Tosin's physical profile? He's got a good aerial win percentage for, for last season at least. Um, he is extremely tall and tall fast. fast, but is he a bit skinny to be to be partner for Romero? I wouldn't say he's skinny. I would say he's he's not like um, now. I'm trying to think of really muscular six foot five defenders. He's not like I don't know Harry Maguire. <laughs> He's not a brick shit house, but I don't think he's weak. I don't think he's going to get muscle okay. off the ball constantly. I, I'm, that doesn't concern me too much. Okay. I think he's. I think he's just fine. Uh, the other rumor is um, that we've had a look at Ashley Phillips at Blackburn. Um, the latest reporting from is it Alan Nixon who goes by Nico, I believe. Uh, he thinks that Blackburn have quoted us a price close to ten million, having previously been well. We've previously thought we were going to be able to get him for under 3 million I don't think we'd be paying 10 million for Ashley Phillips I think that deal won't happen if that is the price we need to pay uh, but it seemed like there was some sort of release clause so watch this space on that one I mean I don't want to be all reactionary and get it all hot and bothered like some other podcasts but I, I, I think if we're going in and we're signing Adarabayo as our centre-back, there's there's serious issues at Tottenham. Come on, man. We need to be better than this. I'd rather we sign... Lo- I'd rather we just keep Davinson. I'd rather we sign Long. No, no, I'd no. I'd rather we, we sign Longley. I just don't see what's the point. There's no point in this signing. He's, he's, he's English. Might as well keep Tanganga. Mm. Um, just doesn't make he, he is definitely better on the ball than Tanganga, though, and less doggy. That's the thing about Tanganga. I... I I think Tanganga is going to make a, a fine Premier League defender for another club, but I do think he's too doggy to be partnered with, with Romero. 
Yeah, I just don't. I just don't. This guy's not even a cat. I don't know what he is. He's just. This is not. This is not the defender that's going to sort out our defense. He's. We're buying a substitute. If that. So I don't have hugely strong feelings about Tosin until I've gone and watched quite a bit more. But um, I think Tap Sober is incredible still, and I think that. Um, you know, just get it done. Basically, is how I feel about Tabs Over. Like, if they're asking for for fifty, let's let's bid for fifty. And if they're asking for sixty, let's let's bid fifty-five. You know, let's let's try and get this done because he's exceptional. And I think the fact that this is even in in conversation is a huge opportunity for us to snatch up. And let's get him in early enough that he can participate in the couple of preseason games that we're going to have this, this preseason. Um, yeah, I. I, I I understand that like it's it's very much lacking in nuance if if every episode we just go yeah this play get it done right but you know <laughs> just just go and buy everyone just get make it, it happen but uh tap sober is a player a top class center it's, back is really yeah, essential he's really essential and he is one I feel really really strongly about um <laughs> get it done daniel <laughs> <laughs> It's true though. It's it's so obvious what we're missing. Just yeah, I don't want to repeat the line, but if we go inside Tosin and that's who we start the season with, it's just it, there's been a real problem here. So before we get into the other transfer saga, uh, the final round of thank you. So thank you to Peter Boyce, Len Demano, Keith Stahl, Sam Diggins, Doug Felagy, Daryl Brugink, Jonah Shipley, Will Shingleton, Laurie Canerva, John White, Peter Kemp and Matt P. Really, really appreciate you all. Um, let's do it. Let's do it. I, I really didn't want to talk about Kane again. And um, I don't think many of our listeners will want us to talk about Kane again, but let's let's start it from this point of view so ram says have i misunderstood something all this talk of muani as a cane replacement is baffling to me wouldn't he be the son replacement we bought our cane replacement last year richardson for 50 million who brazil based their world cup team around we just need to buy his backup yeah this is kind of how i feel i think that we we have the forwards that we would want um in our squad already i think that um, you can say, oh, Richardson's only scored one goal for us and, and, and you can pick holes in his game and you can say, oh, I don't know about Son in the centre-forward role and that's fair enough too. Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay, but but um, for the money that we might feasibly get for Kane, trying to get someone who's better than those two options is going to likely be extremely expensive and not only someone who's better than those options but someone who better suits the profile of the typical Postacoglu centre-forward. In my opinion, those two players... Richardson and Son are a really good fit for the role so I would be looking to buy a left winger and my top pick would be uh, Mittimer of of Brighton um, who again yeah is going to cost a lot maybe cost us around the kind of figure that we could possibly get for Kane Um, but I think that's that's the best way to improve us Um, bad news for Solomon in that case (laughs) but um, you know he's still an option on the right and can be a backup and stuff but I think that's the way I would go all right with that out of the way um I have come on this podcast week after week, not even just this summer, right, but forever, trying to sell our players every opportunity to sell our players. Yeah, <laughs> um, and especially, especially strongly on this summer on Kane, I think the financially, um, objectively smart decision is to get money for our assets instead of allowing them to leave on a free. My friend John feels similarly to me, and um, he decided that he would make a video for TIFO um, along this same subject, and we had a little back and forth, but basically we feel the same way independently of one another. 
And then the other day he ran me through his numbers and I thought, okay, yeah, this is really, this is good. This is useful stuff. And then when the, you tweeted a thread on why we should keep K and I went, oh, I've got my new, I've got my facts. John's provided me with my, my facts and logic. So I'm now going to take this to Twitter. <laughs> I hope I need to double check that it's okay for me to say this. I might have to edit around this a bit. Um, <laughs> so I took to Twitter and I confident in my numbers, um, started th- throwing things around. Um, and then a few people replied with um, with uh, some well-sourced stuff, Swiss Ramble, who's really, really good for this stuff. And I went, oh, those numbers are different to John's numbers. So I went back to my friend John and said, uh, what about this? He said, oh, no, I've forgotten about your wafer coefficient. So then... Um, T4 have had to edit that video. They had um, editor Don, Don Ma, who's a Spurs fan, step in and, and, and re-records the financial segment of the video, which, which, which was released today. Um, with those numbers in mind, I am beginning to change how I feel just a little. Now, look, the this argument is based on, yeah, if we have Kane for another season, we'll almost definitely get Jamie's League, which is his own folly because um, we've become... Um, not great at qualifying for the Champions League over the last few years. On the other hand, I feel really, really good about the way the club are going this summer, uh, especially if we get taps over and get it done, Daniel. Um, so, <laughs> so I am cooling just a tiny, tiny bit on the idea of selling Kane, which is funny. Well, it's funny slash awful to my main John because he's now backed me up and I've gone, actually. Um, so... I think, you know, if you're confident that we're going to finish top four if we keep Kane, which maybe you shouldn't be, you're looking at at losing in the region of 20 million for keeping him for one more season. And in that season, um, maybe he falls in love with the project. Maybe. Is that worth 20 million as a gamble? Is one season of Kane worth 20 million as a gamble? Windy is nodding. I don't know. I think it's arguable. I don't know if... Losing out on around 20 million and also not having any control over where Kane might go next season uh, is uh, is a, a combined cost. I'm worried about that, Wendy. You're not worried about that, but right, not one bit. Why? One bit. Because the, like in next summer, United could be an option. City could be an option if Haaland moves to to Real or whatever. Chelsea probably not. I'll give you. I'll give you the. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I'll give Kane the benefit of the doubt on actually having grown up being a Spurs fan and he wasn't really a secret Arsenal fan that he wouldn't go to Chelsea. He wouldn't do a Pochettino to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so I think it's fine. I think if he goes to City, finally, um, I'm a bit like sure he's gone to the best club in the country that we don't He'd score like, goals hate. against us Wendy sure sure you know, do, he wouldn't he would celebrate as well he celebrates every single goal he's not going to do a respectful kind of he's going to do that jump and that fist pump but I don't think Kane going to City shits on his legacy I think like Kane going to Arsenal Chelsea or West Ham lol as if he'd go to West Ham I think that that would be terrible obviously he's not going to do any of that he's I just don't think he would him going to City, of oh, him going to United is a coin toss. What's the point in him going to United? He might as well stay at Spurs. Um, him going to City, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd rather go right. abroad, but I'm. That, well, that's what I'm saying. Fine we can, that. we can push him to Bayern. He's up for going to mm. Bayern. Isn't that a lot better than him going to to City? I, I don't care that much either okay. way. Okay. If if City have Kane, it means they haven't got Haaland. So you know, it, it's. They're they're the same. <laughs> um, I mean, 
I'm really intrigued about your change in position. And part of me just wants to sort of sit back and go... Uh, go on. What's the quote? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we got it. Um, uh, but I don't know. I, I think still, for me, this is less about the money and more about having our greatest ever player for one more season. And that is... I kind of don't care about the money in that sense. I, I care more about that. I get that. I get that completely because... Um, like obviously when we discuss these financial things and we do that a lot on this podcast it's not because we're personally interested in um, the financial yeah. um, long term investment return for Enink right it's because um, we think it will lead to great will, success yeah, over yeah, the years the, the, the club having more money allows the club to perform better on the pitch right it's because of that directly yes but um, at the end of the day that's secondary to to our feelings right to to mm. the individuals involved and the things that happen yeah so i i completely get that argument um i just think on those grounds seeing him leave for free to wherever he may want to go it's gonna suck it's gonna be horrible i don't think i think it you i think i think you and a lot of spurs fans are like um uh having a, a shortness of imagination when looking forward to that happening in the future and also I, a lot of trust. Mm. You're also putting a lot of trust in a sports individual who's ruthless, who doesn't really care. And if Chelsea offer him the best opportunity to win the league and a, a starting point, he goes to Chelsea. He doesn't, I honestly I don't, believe. I, I, I don't okay. think he would. No, because you're, you're judging him by your values that you hold dear in the same kind of values that you thought Pochettino understood. But they don't. No, but it's different. It's so different. It, he like, would go to Chelsea. He doesn't care. None of them care. None of them care. Sell him to Real uh, to buy Munich. Take the 70, 60, 80 million, wherever it is. Go buy Taps over and let's just move on with our lives. That's what I... That's, you, I you never shift me. No one's ever shifted me off a hill before. Nathan may be... You may have rolled Nathan down, but I'm still up there. Where's John McKenzie? <laughs> He's sat next to me. Um, I think I have been... Uh, preparing myself for the day that Kane moves on a free for two, maybe three years yeah. now. And so I'm, I've am i rationalised it. I don't like it. I won't enjoy it. I still hope it won't happen. There's part of me that thinks, you know, maybe we have this one last season with him and he sees that things are moving in the right direction, then maybe he resigns. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, know, that's, I know that's unlikely. But I definitely think it's worth the risk. I think it's worth hanging on for see what happens and then we all say goodbye at the end of his contract and we wish him all the best for his future when he joins I don't know Chelsea (laughs) (laughs) PSG your romanticism is one of is one of the things that I love the most about you, Wendy, but doesn't care. Like the hot, doing the, the hot wing, the hot ones, that's they, he called us they. He's prepared himself. He's already checked out and um, it's better that we control it and sell him. He doesn't care about us. I'm the only one that, we care about each other. We care about the club. It doesn't come back the other way. It very rarely happens. Mm. I think in Kane's case, you're wrong, but let's see how the summer pans out. I mean, the, the, he, he could still leave, right? Um, and, and the thing is, if Kane leaves this summer, it's we're going to need to make some serious signings. Oh my goodness! Because fan morale will plummet. You know, even with this newfound positivity that Postecoglou's brought with him, and some really exciting performances in preseason, and you know James Madison joining, hopefully some other good new players joining, we are going to need some state signings to get the fans back on side because that's gonna there's going to be an awful lot of of shit hitting fans. Uh, unless that happens 
Uh, I mean, so Nathan thinks we should not sign a replacement for Kane and instead sign Matoma. Um, Bardi, how would you feel? Like, what do you think the rest of the fan base would make of that? If you do what we did when we sold Bale and you buy four or five players, which are well thought out this time, and you replace one guy with five really good players, two centre-backs, Matoma and perhaps somebody else, then that's fine. That's all right. Not we sell Kane and then we sign Tosin. Then then I'm I'm coming with everybody <laughs> else. I'm marching down the high road. I'm getting all the anything purple and yellow, I'm getting it. But um I think um I think if we sell Kane, buy Matoma, buy Tapsova, buy um Van der Ven, sign somebody else, then then mm-hmm. that's great. That's good foot that's what a football club should do. The no no sensible football comment has ever started with if this was football manager, but if this was football manager, it's exactly what you would do. You'd be ruthless. <laughs> sell a thirty year old for eighty million pounds. I um I don't mind the idea of Richarlison as our number nine at all. I'm quite open to that. He's scored more than 10 league goals three times in the Premier League. He is a proven goal scorer. uh, And that was from a wide left position primarily. I think Richarlison through the middle is going to score 15 goals minimum. And I think that's that's fine as long as it's supported by other players chipping in. Um, I really worry about Son as a number nine. I I think... His best performances for Spurs has been almost as a de facto number nine, though. When he won the golden boot, he was essentially nine with Kane dropping deep the whole yeah, time. But always, always cutting him from left. Always, like, making that run out to win. And I don't think in Postacoglu's system he can do that. He'd, he'd have to be stretching the defence and playing up against centre-backs. And I just don't... I don't like him with his back to goal at all. Fine, if he'd, like... The idea would be that he wouldn't be playing with his back to goal too much and instead he'll be making runs in behind, but... There will be aspects of him needing to play with his back to goal, and I don't think he can do it very effectively. Whereas Richarlison, I think, can. I have we, really have, we have concerns. I mean, to be honest, Son without Kane is half the player straight away because he's thrived. So you know, what is it? The highest goal combinations in Premier League history, or That's something? Fair, I mean, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I think if we've got Madison now, so we have somebody that can pass a ball. So you swap Kane yeah. and Madison, and then have we ever gone and looked at that spell where Kane was injured and Son played through the middle? How he how we got on in detail? So obviously, the the most famous one is the the end of 2019. 2019 season that Sun played through the middle but there was also that small period under Jose before Sun broke his elbow against Aston Villa where he played through the middle I don't know how many games there were but I think that's worth worth a look I don't Richarlison and Sun through the middle for me is is fine as an alternative and then we spend the money elsewhere yeah I mean this is the next 20 days are going to be absolutely fascinating what happens now between now and the start of the season absolutely fascinating and you know we we have no control over it so all we can do is sit back and watch and and hope for the best um and i would also say don't allow yourself to get sucked into all the constant ups and downs of the transfer reporting because it is insane you know the, the some of the bayern journalists behavior is just weird they are such a weird bunch and uh, you know it gets aggregated all over the 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 Koi's twitter um, space and yeah it's it's not great <laughs> so avoid that if you can and just try and enjoy the football that that Angie's going to hopefully serve up for us in pre-season you have been listening to the extra inch with me Windy my sidekick and best friend Barney and our tactics guy Nate if you like this there's plenty more at patreon.com forward slash the extra inch 
production is by Nathan A. Clark. Our logo, artwork and website are designed by Creighton Miller. Our music is by David Lindmer. You can find him on Instagram at David Lindmer. Do check him out. He's great. great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us at podcast at theextrainch.co.uk. Subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. And most importantly, be sure to tell all of your Spurs friends. Shout out to the X-Sub, who we love every single last one of you. And of course, come on you Spurs. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.